What's up, guys? Welcome to Household and Homestead every Tuesday at 11. Happy to see that you guys are here with us this morning. Hope everybody's doing well. Um, we have had eventful weeks so far, I would say. Yes, uh, sir. Wild stuff going on in life. Um, I'm Pastor Stewart. This is... Pastor Brandon. Good to be Good with to you, you guys. Today we're talking about... Raising successful children. Yes, sir. That should be. That would be good. I think it'll be beneficial for everyone. Absolutely. I have children, and I desire them to be successful. Yeah. So I feel like that's important. Can I make a promise as we get started? Ooh, do it. Our listeners will learn something new. Oh, guaranteed. 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 No doubt. This will not be the same old, same old. New Nothing hackneyed or has been about this. It will be. It will. Well. Let me qualify. Okay. It will not actually be new, just new to them. <laughs> okay. That could, that could sound bad. I like it. <laughs> uh, new, like, it's how I buy my cars. New to me. New, new to you. New That's to right. Me. That's mm-hmm. right. I'm, I'm into it. I'm getting a lot, of, a lot of love about my hat in the feed today. Thank you guys very much. I, I figured it's a Man, farm look show. look at that hat. So I was going to wear my farmer's hat today. This cost me $13, so... I'm you spending, didn't handcraft that? I mean, I made it myself oh. in my shop from reeds. What is yeah. this made of? Reeds? Basket weaving? Yeah. 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 Why not? Back home, we'd call these strawberry picking hats. Yeah. I don't know why, because strawberries weren't like a crop that was grown I anywhere near me, but that's what they were referred to as. So I'll have to wear mine next time. <laughs> <laughs> Done. But yeah, guys, welcome to the show. Happy to be here with you. I appreciate the love. About my um, strawberry picking hat. I can't, I don't know, mm-hmm. why do I call, I don't know. Anyway, good to see you guys. If y'all got questions, don't forget to drop them into the comments um, as we're talking through. If we don't have time to get to all of them, we'll come back later and address some of them after the show through the comments and the feed. Um, if you want to follow more of our shows, don't forget tomorrow we have God and Government. Yes, sir. At 11. Um, you can also jump on sermonaudio.com, download a ton of our shows that have been placed online there. You can go to all our podcast feed, wearechristchurch.com slash media, and get connected to those things. we got all kinds of cool stuff. That's but this it. is this is household and homestead. That's right. right? That's right. So how's the homestead? What, the, what, do, you, what do you guys have going on? We you, have... Um, at the fledgling... I should say the fledgling homestead. The fledgling homestead. So, you know, we're we're learning one species at a time. Okay. Okay. I Which, have bo- I have a lot of books. But we ha- we're taking one species at a time. Just going for it. Yeah, we have an appointment to get some American chinchilla rabbits yeah. in Texas in June. So that's going to be interesting. My son's sort of uh, tasked with uh, studying and learning everything about that. And that's cool. It's nice to have him. We do that with the bees. If we ever have a question, we ask him. He gives us the book knowledge, mm. and we try to help him implement it in the real world. Okay. So he's going to be doing that. Um, I'm still learning slowly but surely these, uh, these dairy cows. How's that going? um, I got a trailer. I have to, uh, in fact, I have an appointment this afternoon for uh, a dehorning session. Oh, that's right. So you're bringing them somewhere to have them dehorned? Yeah, you have to have a squeeze chute. You have to be able to, I have a a stall and a stable and whatnot, but I don't have a a mechanical hydraulic squeeze chute that'll press them in and hold their head and they, they put a ring through their nose and hold them to the side. It's a very... Um, That's intense. It's very intense. It's very <laughs> gruesome. Holy and, um, smokes. I've, I've honestly have procrastinated it because... Because <laughs> you just don't want to do it. Yeah. It's I just don't blame a, you. It's just terrible, and, and I hate it, but they are... Um, they're fairly tame. 
Mm-hmm. And I mean, you have to give them a little swat with a switch occasionally. Okay. okay because okay. they'll get, you know, start getting feisty with you whenever it's time to be fed. They get hungry. Really? And you feel that little uh, half inch pointy horn get you in the back of the thigh. You're like, mm, I can't allow that to grow much further. <laughs> um, they, one of my I cows. I don't want that is, to enter uh, one of my children. Right. Or, <laughs> yes. So one of the cows is a Holstein, purebred Holstein, could get up to 1,200, 1,400 pounds. Dang. The other one, I, that's I, a I believe, is a female cow. That's, that's female. Huge that's right. For yeah. a female cow. Wow. The other one we have is, I believe, part Jersey, a little bit smaller. Okay. Okay. Um, so if we continue to breed, I'm probably going to continue to breed them with Jersey cows. Okay. To, Keep them a to little get them small. a little smaller. Yeah. Um, if I could go back and do it over again, I would have done the Jersey cow. Yeah. But knowing nothing about cows, we basically were like, well, my wife was like, this I'd one, like the pretty ones that are black and white. The ones that are on the milk carton. <laughs> That's the one that <laughs> That's I want. That's the one I want. <laughs> Turns out those are probably the biggest ones you can possibly buy. <laughs> They're bigger than any beef cow you see around here. That, They're big. Really? They're very tall. Very wow, big. Wow, wow. Um, so, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. But as we move <laughs> forward... We'll see. You'll we'll figure, see. You'll but some stuff I'm going to learn and master that. Make sure no, we can do this safely. Yeah. Tamely. They're tame now, though. I mean, they can lay down, and you can lay down with them at this point. Really? Mm-hmm. And you, and you and have to fine. do that with dairy cows. Okay. Because they got to get used to being close yeah, to them. Yeah. So you you got to get them. into a small mm. space with them. That makes you have a lot to, of sense. You know, massage the udders. Yeah, nope. I mean, there's, there's a lot of this is a family show now. <laughs> there's a lot of things you have to do that are quite close up and intimate. You don't want um, to be hurt. Yeah. And so. So you got to get close to them. You, have to, you them. have to train them. It's got to be terrifying. So we had a cow experience this past week, too. Ah, let's hear about it. So took the kids. Um, shout out to Emmanuel Farms. No, not Emmanuel. Manual Farms. That's it. Sorry. Emmanuel, <laughs> stuck in my head. <laughs> you are a pastor. Um, but anyway, so shout out to Manuel Farms. I took the family out, and we drove out towards Ville Platte, out into the country, uh, to a friend of mine that has a beef farm behind their house. They've got, uh, I don't know, maybe 20, 30 head yeah. of cattle back there, and they raise Angus cows. Yeah. And their Angus cows are, I learned things, they're a smaller breed of cows. Right. Um, they're not super huge, but the bulls are still like... 2,000 pounds. It's still massive. You can you can look in the field and see which one is the bull. Sure, like yeah, sure. And when we walked into that cow field, cow field? Pasture. There it is. When we walked into the We're pasture, learning. all the cows, like, turned and looked at us and started coming, and I was immediately afraid for my life. <laughs> like, I, I didn't grow up around animals this size. Like, I don't know what to do, and I just see... Because they could... They could just kill me if they wanted to. Yes. And not have to think... And I have my And they do kill people. It they do, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, so I'm super nervous... But we went out there to pick out a beef cow. This is the first time we've ever done this. Yeah. And the way that it works is you can go out to the farm. You can find somebody who breeds beef cows, and you can, you can pick one. You know, We didn't pick one yeah, yet. We're yeah. going to pick ours later, probably around October. But you can pick which one you want. Be like, I want that one. And then they'll finish it like with the food that they feed it a certain way to get the meat the way that you'd like it before they send it sure. to the slaughterhouse. So we're like... We like this farm. We like these people. We're going to buy one of these cows. We'll pick it later. We'd like it to be grain finished. And that just means that the marbling and the meat is a little bit better. And then they take it to the slaughterhouse. You pay a certain price per pound on the hoof. So that's a different... Mm-hmm. There's like three different ways to measure <laughs> these things. I've learned a lot right, about this. Right. There's, pound, there's pounds on the hoof. Then there's hanging weight. Different number. Mm-hmm. Then there's the weight of the actual meat that you receive. 
I think those last two are different. I'm still yeah. figuring all this stuff out. Right. So anyway, so we went out there. It was a great fun time for the kids. They weren't, you know. The so girls understood what like we're was going to, to happen. We're going to pick this and put it in the freezer. Wow. And, and they were okay. They were okay? It. Yeah. It, maybe it was helpful that they were intimidating. And they were like, I'm okay with these dying. Yeah. It wasn't like cute They weren't bunnies. pets yet. Right. That's right. good. Nobody had a name. No. Although I do kind of want to name it Tom. Whichever Tom? one we pick. Shout out to all the Parks and Recs fans out there. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, good times. Good times. Mm-hmm, meet mm-hmm. your meat. Well, we got some people joining us. Yeah, man. Good little Do we have any of our in. usual um, audience members? We do, actually. Yeah? Our number one fans, um, Aaron Vaughn, is in the house. I see Aaron Vaughn, but no, no um, Noah Callan. So, Aaron is stepping out in the lead here. Yes. As far as his number He's one taking the lead. That's choice. nice. So and a lot of people are back job, to work um, this week. That's right. Some of the restrictions are being I've even, heard. I've even heard. Next week. I didn't know anyone who wasn't at work. <laughs> but <laughs> apparently <laughs> there are people out there who weren't at work. Of course there there are people like that. Sure. Um, sure. Unfortunately. A lot of wait so staff. A that's lot of right. That's right. More so minimum wage employees. Yeah. They're going to be dealing that. A lot of folks back to work this week. We're going back to church inside the building this Sunday. What, what? So That's exciting. Two services at Northside. Yeah, we're going to have one service, one service in Opelousas. One service in one service in Dusan. It's going to be great, man. Actually, yeah. it, we've had service, you know, for the last two weeks. We've been doing the outdoor service thing. Yes. That's been really nice. Fortunately, it's the spring. So it's not 10,000 degrees. That's right. But this, it really, you can see how God... Um, really has protected us yeah because the past two sundays whenever we could have service outside it was beautiful the sun was out that's right crystal clear blue skies wonderful weather then this coming sunday thunderstorms in the supposedly forecast. there's thunderstorms right? right but we'll be able to be inside now we can be inside again it's that's it's right. really really cool man yeah. i'm excited looking I'm excited. forward to it yeah well today we're talking about successful children who doesn't want their children to be successful i do Absolutely. Wealthy. Everybody does. Let's define success. Mm. Popular. Wealthy. Cheerleader. Popular. Football player. No. Well, you Wait, know. Hold no. on. F- in <laughs> what the Bible calls favor with man and favor with God. Oh, okay. Reputable, noteworthy, mm. um, wise, fruitful, resilient. Absolutely. Um, let me say this one one more time. Wealthy. <laughs> when we say successful, we mean... Something similar to what everyone else means when they say successful. I feel like I could be the devil's advocate with the prosperity gospel every episode mm-hmm. of this yes. show. Yes, yes, yes. I feel yes. like we could make that Well, episode. I mean, the prosperity gospel is close, right? <laughs> Just not They have Bible there. verses that they use, but they misunderstand the nature of the covenant and mm. the nature of God. But this is not a show uh, unpacking all of that. We are going to talk about the number one key. To raising successful children. And remember the promise we made at the beginning of the show. They're going to learn something new. They're going to learn. That's right. They're going to learn. Mm -hmm. That's right. I feel pretty confident about that. Let's do it. But shouldn't we start by saying, aren't those things all worldly? I thought you were uh, Christians. Mm. Why should we be concerned about such worldly things? Mm. And I'll just be brief with this. But if your theology can't fit that... Your theology is off. Ooh, say that. So you're, you're tainted with a form of fundamentalism, okay. separatism. Um, Where you're saying this is the secular, this is the religious, this is the holy. Over yeah, here. the and heavenly, the earthy. Mm. The Bible just has so, so many, too many promises mm. to God's people of long life, of prosperity, of blessing. If you can't figure out how, how all these things fit, 
Mm. Your theology is defunct. Mm. You just got to work on that. It takes some time to to helpfully to understand how to synthesize all of these things. Okay. So okay. just real quick with that. But I did a little survey online, and hopefully some of the folks Ooh. that um, did the survey on Facebook are listening with us this morning. Yeah. But I asked folks, you know, what are the keys to raising successful children? Okay. What are the sort of the values we want to instill, the skills that we want them to grow up with? Okay. And we got some good answers. Okay. Got, right. a f- got a few bad ones, but <laughs> mostly great answers. Uh, some of the ones that kind of floated to the top were grit. Ooh, We grit. want them to have grit. So what is grit? That's like I, I love that book, True Grit. That's a side, side note. <laughs> great Western novel. But you've got to have resilience, perseverance, stick-to-itiveness. Okay, okay, right. okay. The... The um, mental fortitude to overcome obstacles. I think that's sort of what they meant by grit. Uh, okay. Not to give up too soon. Okay. Sort of yeah. accustomed to adversity. Okay. They haven't Not been expecting shashad. everything to be easy. That's right. It's, it, we recognize that things are, life is uphill. Yeah. You're going to be working hard. That, yeah. that, that sounds like a good and godly um, virtue. Yeah. The fear of the Lord, Amen. some said. Amen. And, and, and several people said this in more ways than one. Right. But the Bible tells us the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Mm. Fear mm-hmm. of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Mm-hmm. Wisdom is the, one of the keys to success. Mm. So that's a correct answer. Absolutely. Most certainly. Absolutely. Um, love of the truth. Amen. Rightly ordered affections, integrity, humility, um, resilience. Mm. They need to know how to suffer well. They need to know how to love others, to rejoice in all things. That's some great answers. Now, resilience is kind of a buzzword right now. What's what is exactly it? are we saying when we say resilience? I think what folks be, folks mean is is simply you know you don't quit too soon. You don't give up. I get knocked yeah. down, but I get up again. Yeah, you're never going to keep me down. <laughs> Yeah, I think a few of our folks might get that one. Uh, yeah, maybe. Um, some of the skills people said they need to have verbal reasoning skills. Mm. They okay. need to have uh, a trade or the ability to work hard. Yeah. You've got to instill in them a, a solid work ethic. Perpetual learners. Yeah, absolutely. Um, education was big, floated mm-hmm. up to the top. Good parenting, um, dis- discipleship, discipline, chores. A lot of people talked about chores. You've got to make important. sure kids are doing chores. That's right. We know that on the uh, fledgling homestead. Mm-hmm. Got to mm-hmm. give them a field to exercise dominion over, mm-hmm. uh, something to nurture, to tend, to, ex- to, um, to garden, and to protect. They need encouragement. Now, okay. I, I be, I, because I think the people who haven't yet blocked me on Facebook... Um, <laughs> Sort this of is a category. No, yeah. There's <laughs> my friends on Facebook are a particular group of people, so I didn't get a lot of the. They need to learn the techniques of positive affirmations. Okay, you know, I didn't get a lot mm. of the pop psychology, new agey stuff. Okay, that's out there in okay. the church world. Okay, no okay. one was saying they need to look themselves in the mirror and say, "You can do it." You know, you're the you're the greatest. Don't let anybody um, hold you back from your dreams. And we didn't get a lot of that. Yeah. new agey. Uh, but that's definitely Christianese stuff. Yeah, a lot of people are saying stuff like that, and they're saying it from pulpits. Yeah, know? that that passes for mm-hmm. Christian mm-hmm. these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's essentially new thought, um, prosperity theology, new age. Mm-hmm. It's more Eastern than it is Christian. But but while all of these that people had given us in the survey were good, this morning I want to get underneath all of that. Ooh, 
So what's okay. the what's the foundation to those things? Yeah, we want to. I want to expose the foundations. Okay. Want to dig at the roots Be, because I, I sense. Okay? okay. I don't know for certain, and I think if we really started to talk with people, I think they would get there with me. Mm. Okay. But I sense in some ways that while we've listed many of the right means and the right values and virtues, mm-hmm. we're missing the key. Oh, okay. I, I sense that. Okay. Now, shout out to Casey Lynn, who had the perfect, correct answer. Ooh, she did. dang. Yeah, shout out to Casey Lynn if you're listening. Wow. She, she had, now, she went Old Testament on me. She, she might look at my Facebook feed enough to know she was speaking my language. <laughs> she was like, I just got a cool Leviticus. <laughs> and all she did was cool Bible right. verses, so you can't go wrong with that. <laughs> but I, but she, she picked out. The right one. Mm. She could have gone to a few places for scripture. Her? I feel like she gets They're, a prize. A or shout out's good, right? Shout, yeah, shout that counts. That counts. That so, totally counts. But yeah, I want to get underneath of all of this. Uh, let me let me use an analogy. Okay. Right. How do we get a field to prosper? How do we bear fruit on our homestead? You know. Okay. How, how do we, which I cannot yet do, grow tomatoes successfully? <laughs> I'm a terrible gardener. Black thumb, uh, as they call it. I know. I think I have the. I just have the wrong soil. Um, you got that compost stuff, didn't you? Uh, yeah, I told you. It I grows leaves, you. but it just doesn't grow fruit. <laughs> so we have to. We'll figure something out for next season. But how do you get a field to prosper? Okay. Now, what do you think? Let's think of it. Okay. Facebook survey. Maybe folks have some answers. Yeah, how guys. do we get fruit from a field? How so, do we bring prosperity to a field? First thing I'm thinking of is you know good soil drains well. Yep. Fertilizer. Good soil. Got to have those nutrients. Yeah. Fertilizer is important to that. Yeah. Add some fertilizer. Um, sunlight. That's Got important. It. Yes, sir. The yep. the light of the sun. Oh, <laughs> yes. Oh, <No>. oh, <laughs> that's coming. Sun spelled with an O. Um, I don't, what are some other things? So Sweat. Mm, a lot of hard work. That's yeah. true. We, that's we true. know the one of the ways God established this world is that wealth comes via sweat. Mm, you got to work. Ill-gotten gain is eventually lost, um, but wealth, true wealth, must be connected to work. You can't just print it, mm. you know, Ooh. contrary to popular opinion. Yeah, sweat, knowledge, you got to have that knowledge. See, that's really what I think I lacked when it, in my own life in, in producing a crop from a field. Mm-hmm. I think I lack the knowledge. Mm. I, I think I specifically lack the knowledge as it pertains to... Tomatoes. Uh, hybrid seeds. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, soil, because okay. I'm, I'm I'm more and more suspicious of the stuff that I'm buying at the store. <laughs> um, they produce these seeds that can give you a fruit, but you can't then take those seeds and make more fruit with them. They've mm. hybrid. They've done hybrids, you know. They and I'm not going to bring up Levitical laws about that right now. <laughs> oh, dang. But, but one of the <laughs> one of the things that I think would be good about God's ways is that. You could continue to use those seeds the next season. Mm. You wouldn't be just, you wouldn't enslave all the farmers to your monopolized seed. Mm, that's very true. There would, there would, everyone would have access to that. Yeah, there's a, um, there's a, these things called seed swaps. You ever heard of these? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that'd people be neat. will like get their own seeds and then go and just trade with people, and they're not, they're not necessarily hybridized. They're that's, like a, yeah. A, a because a lot of those, of those people realize the importance of having that, that stock seed. Mm-hmm. So, um, skill, resilience, water, sunlight. Okay. All right. Okay. That's what we need to produce a crop. Okay. 
But here's, I want to get, I want to dig deep into the soil right here. And I Ooh. hope everyone's listening. I hope I have your ear right now. But They're at listening. the end of the day, fundamentally, what is the basis upon which the fruit is born? What fundamentally, the invis- I'm talking about the invisible things, the things science can't discover. Is it natural cause and effect? Okay. Sunlight, water, soil, seed, crop. Is Done. it just science, Is it just scientific cause and effect? Now, I believe there's a lot of people that approach their children in this way. Get the right education. Mm. Make sure it's at a, the right school. Mm-hmm. Make sure they have the right friends. Right? Okay. Uh, okay. Make sure their hair is brushed properly, their teeth is brushed, they're dressed well, they okay. learn to speak well, they practice their piano two hours a day, and they are uh, graceful as a professional ballet dancer. Therefore, fruit, prosperity, success. They're going to make it. Natural cause and effect. Mm. Now, that does seem to be the experience of most of us in this climate we're in. Okay. Do these things that equals success. Okay. And that sort of seems to be something we might rationally, mm-hmm. keyword, deduce. Right. Or experientially deduce, mm-hmm. keyword. Right, right. I'm right. pulling these things from worldly philosophies. What is it that produces the fruit? Is it natural cause and effect? Or is it more of a Darwinian, you know, random chance? Mm. Um, or is it something more predictable, less predictable? What is it that ultimately gives you fruit, gives you vegetables, gives you food on your table. Hmm. Listen to this, going back to changing the metaphor, or using Paul's metaphor. Paul says, we plant and we water, but... God gives the growth. God gives the growth. God gives the increase. Amen. Now... I know people have heard this verse, and I know people would always agree with me if I, if I challenged them on this. Oh, yeah, 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 of course, of course. It all depends on God. Mm-hmm. But think, really examine what's going on here. Mm-hmm. And, and, and let me ask you this question. On what basis does God give increase? On, are there terms? Are there conditions? Listen mm-hmm. to what Jesus said. Jesus said, the kingdom of God is like a man who scatters seed on the ground. Night and day he sleeps and wakes, and the seed sprouts and grows, though he knows not how. All by itself the earth produces a crop, first the stalk, then the head, then grain that ripens within. What's creating this? What is the undergirding fundamental? It's God. That puts food on the table. It's God. God gives the increase. Mm -hmm. God also gives blight and pestilence. Right. God gives and God takes away. Mm -hmm. But what is the basis Upon which he blesses or curses. Right? Now the conservative would say this. Generally speaking, conservative political philosophy born out of the Enlightenment, the typical thing you would experience in our world today mm-hmm. in typical conservative politics. Mm-hmm. They're going to tip their hat to God, so to speak. Sure. Um, but they're going to believe that success, prosperity, depends on the individual Ultimately, okay. Individual resiliency, individual hard work, sweat equity. The conservative would say that the American dream is still alive. You can come here and you can work hard and you can be successful. And you hear this in the language. Right. In America, they believe there's still some of this freedom left over so individuals can bootstrap it, 
Right. Be resilient. Mm-hmm. Work hard. Be successful. Mm-hmm. But liberals are trying to keep us from working. They're shutting down our businesses. We demand the freedom to work, the freedom to engage in commerce. We have the right to this life, liberty, and the pursuit of property. Okay. And we can do it. And we must conserve what remains of that spirit in our country. Mm-hmm. But the God of conservatism, and, and I speak broadly, right. Right, is a faraway deistic God who has established a sort of, sort of natural laws, cause and effect principles, okay. Okay. that if you have a free market, prosperity. You know, if you have the freedom to work hard and you have self-responsibility and self-dignity mm-hmm. and you're a hard worker and you say no to welfare, success. Mm-hmm. Anyone can do it. Got to put your mind to it. Okay. Look what we've done. You know, this is sort of the, the heart of enlightenment conservatism. Mm-hmm. I do believe that it is a, a deistic enlightenment philosophy when you get down into the depths of it, the foundations. Yeah, well, there's a big difference between... We plant, we water, and eventually something grows. And we plant, we water, but God gives the growth. There is a, there is a difference in the foundation. Mm. The first and the second stories might look very, very similar. Mm-hmm. But if it's built on the sand, it will not last. Amen. Now, the liberal is going to say something a little bit different. Okay. They're going to say that success is based on forming equitable social structures. Okay. You have to have just social justice. You have to have equitable social structures. Okay. And in America, we have a long way to go. We need not to conserve. We need to progress mm-hmm. in order that others might flourish and be successful and prosperous. Okay. Now, you see, they are essentially the left wing of the Enlightenment. Okay. And they still do believe in a type of deistic God mm-hmm. who has established a sort of a, a social way of doing things. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot to this. Right. But these two political ideologies are not fundamentally Christian, Trinitarian, covenantal. Mm. Now, there's other, we could, you know, we could find other subcategories within that. The New Age believes in, if you just do positive confessions, positive self-imaging, et cetera. Power of positive Um, thinking. Yeah. A legalist would say something like, if we impersonally and self-reliantly follow laws, like whether they be political laws mm. for a society or religious laws, we can, we can prosper. Right. So there's a lot of different techniques. But what is the basis upon which God blesses or curses, gives the increase or takes it away? And this is my thesis. Here it is. I'm ready. We're digging deep. Here we go. Has, is anyone still listening? Everyone is still listening. You think? They're, All they're in. seven people. <laughs> 345. Oh, nice. Minus about 320. <laughs> but yeah. here's, the, here's the thesis. Okay. For everyone on the YouTube channel or at Sermon Audio with the podcast, mm. everyone watching live right now, fundamentally, fundamentally, success is relational. It is not scientific, naturalistic cause and effect. Okay. It is not random chance. It is relational. It is personal. Prosperity is relational, and it is personal. What do I mean by that? Yeah. I can see the, the uh, I'm, question marks. I'm, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. The number one factor in your child's success and in their children's success after them 
is loving obedience to God via parents via when they're parents. little. Okay. Loving obedience to God. And for the child, that means loving obedience to, to parents under God and okay. as unto the Lord. Okay. But if I could say it generally, success is relational. And the, the difference between blessings and cursings are loving obedience versus hateful disobedience hmm. to God. Okay. So I'm going to build this case. Here we but, go. But, but listen, to it. your child can have all of the athletic skills, accredited education okay. at the best governmental indoctrination camps. They could have high verbal reasoning skills like a professional speech writer, the grace of a ballet dancer, the poise of a wartime general, the elite school, the best grades, the best work ethic, the social awareness. I mean, they could have everything, high social intelligence, emotional intelligence. Mm -hmm. But if he's not obedient to God... He will not prosper. Okay. He will not be abundant. He will not be ultimately successful. Now, what do you mean when you say ultimately successful? Because well, we're going to get to that. I got, I got devil's advocate questions Keep doing ready. it. Keep I'm coming. I'm ready for you. I know there's some folks that have told me they'd like you to pin me down with some hard questions from time <laughs> to time. They, they get triggered by some of the things that I say, and they want somebody to press me on it. Ooh, I can do I can Just hold that. Role. Let me build my case. Okay. 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 Even if in the short term, a person who has ill-gotten gain and who seems to be living in the lap of luxury, like the rich man in the parable of the rich man and Lazarus, okay. even if in the short term it appears that they have the favor of the Lord mm -hmm. and that they are blessed, in the long run, they suffer total, total curse and bankruptcy in the ultimate cursings mm. of hell. Got it. If a child has the whole world but doesn't obey his parents, right, he loses not only earthly prosperity, either his or his children's or their children's, or and he loses his soul. Mm. Right? The parent who wants accreditation and notoriety and all the best and this and that, but does not pass down to their children loving obedience, not legalistic obedience, right. Christian obedience, loving obedience, as described in the scriptures, a parent who doesn't pass that down to their children, has, they have built a house on the sand. Mm. Now, it's a house. Mm -hmm. It might look prosperous, especially in America. Could be a mansion. Could be a massive mansion of great wealth and notoriety and fame and prowess. Okay. But Jesus tells us it's built on the sand, and it's just a matter of time before the storm comes. Okay. And will that storm be in this life or in the next? We don't know. But it's inevitable. The house will fall. Hmm. Prosperity, generally speaking, in this life and ultimately speaking in the new world, in the new heavens and new earth, mm -hmm. is based on loving obedience to God. That's what he blesses. Hmm. That's what he blesses. That's what he smiles upon. Okay. All right, here's some Bible verses for you. I'm ready. And this is why I said, shout it to Casey Lynn one more time. She nailed it. She got she it. She got it. Go back and look at those verses. Home run. Deuteronomy 29, verse 9. Here we go. Therefore, keep the words of this covenant and do them that you may prosper. Whoa, don't say that word. Don't say that word. <laughs> that you may experience all around general prosperity in all that you do. 
in whatever vocation you engage in. This is the general promise of God. Hmm. It's not random. It's not natural laws of cause and effect. Right. Um, it's, it's not chance. Mm. It's not f- the force. It's not karma. Mm-hmm. It's relational. It's personal. Now, it's not automatic. It's not, it's not a, a force. vending machine. It's not a vending machine. He's not mm-hmm. a machine. He's a father. Mm-hmm. And we know from being Christians and from the scriptures that even when we suffer, that's a good gift from him as well. Amen. He we just works about our that prosperity Sunday. through suffering. Right. So don't be wooden in your uh, listening here. You know, don't be you right. know, stiff-necked about this. Right. Um, your God, suffering produces steadfastness and all those wonderful amen. things. Yeah. All things work together for good for that's those right. who love him and are called according to his purposes. Why? Ooh. Because he deals with the world covenantally mm-hmm. and he blesses those who bless him. Amen. And he curses those who curse him. He blesses those who faithfully and lovingly keep the words of his covenant. Okay, so someone says, but that's Old Testament. Now, everyone knows that that's going to... Pastor Stewart's going to get so triggered when y'all say that. (laughs) But you say, oh, okay, so I see what you're saying, Pastor Brandon, that prosperity depends on whether or not God covenantally gives it to them or not, blesses them or not. Mm. That's Old Testament. Okay. Or that's just for Israel. Right. Well, then, let me ask you, then what is the basis upon which some are prospering in this world and some aren't? It's got to be random chance. just happens. There, there is no escaping this question. There is a basis. Mm. There, there is a fundamental foundation. So the argument fundamentally this. is it can't be just random. It's How not random. Could it be just nor random? I'm also saying nor is it like the deistic or unitarian God where he's established certain laws and they impersonally mm-hmm. govern the world. Mm-hmm. Right? Or is it God just? It, nor is it God just sitting in up in heaven and then randomly throwing blessings? At nor is it random. At it's predictable. One. Right. It's loving. It's covenantal, and I I think this captures it. Prosperity, true biblical, long lasting prosperity from the Lord, is relational. Hmm. It's personal. It's father to son. Okay. It's husband to bride. Listen to this passage from the Proverbs. The horse is prepared for battle. Who prepares the horse? The soldier. Okay. How does he prepare the horse? Training. You know, diet. Fancy horse armor. Armor. Yeah. I mean, a lot of our children, they get to be about 18 years old. That's a horse prepared for battle. Hmm. Okay. You know, got the, uh, the education. Got the work ethic. You know, got the hygiene got all the right friends in all the right places they might even be going to harvard Mm. that horse is prepared for battle okay but if you miss the fact that that victory is covenantally determined you lose every time the Mm. horse is prepared for battle but victory belongs to the lord Mm. and what i'm telling everyone listening is that the lord meets out victory covenantally okay okay he is not random. You know, he is not the force. He promises us, if you keep the words of this covenant and do them, that you may prosper in all that you do. Right? Prosperity is fundamentally relational. Prosperity is, and doesn't the Bible teach us this? A gift. Amen. All things are a gift. Mm. They are not the product of natural forces. Ultimately, Mm -hmm. they are gifts. 
And so too are even sufferings. Suffering can be a gift, mm. as we know from scriptures. Absolutely. Right. Um, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1 through 4. Now, some people just may not be able to get over the, the fact that I just read from Deuteronomy. Right? <laughs> Stop that. <Yeah>. Stop it. <laughs> they need to repent of that. But we're going to read from the New Testament. Just, yeah, that's helpful. Just to meet people where they are. Just Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through 4. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. Paul then goes on to say, this is the first commandment with a promise. Mm. You notice a relational, revealed God to man promise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Here's the mm-hmm. promise. Honor your father and mother, obey them, children, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Amen. That it may go well with you is another way of saying live long and prosper. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's another way of saying general prosperity. Well done. And what is this land? Well, Paul is writing to a church in Ephesus filled with Gentiles. Okay. Paul understands that the land of Israel was a type and shadow of the ultimate land, the earth. Okay. The earth, which by the Bible tells us the meek shall inherit, inherit the earth. Mm-hmm. All prosperity is inherited. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. all a gift. Mm-hmm. It's all personally bestowed. You see what I mean? And he tells us, Paul, in Ephesians to a Gentile church, that there is a promise of covenantal blessings attached to being obedient to the Ten Commandments. What is the number one factor in your child's success? You passing down a heritage of loving obedience to God. Hmm. And you begin that by demanding, enforcing, and instructing them to obey you. Hmm. See that? Proverbs 30, verse 17. Just so everyone understands, this goes both ways. The eye that mocks a father and scorns to obey a mother will be picked out by the ravens of the valley and eaten by the vultures. <sighs> there you have it. <laughs> <laughs> not, sounding, not sounding fun. No, no. This is, you know, <laughs> ravens, vultures, this is covenantal language for exile. For curses. Okay. This is a corpse being unburied, right? Being devoured by um, carrion crow. This, mm. is, this is covenantal language. Mm. God promises blessings for those who lovingly obey him. Okay. And cursings for those who disregard his commandments. Okay. All right? Okay. So let me put it another way. We can strive through every possible known measure of success means of success Mm -hmm. that we learn from either our conservative or our liberal forebearers Mm -hmm. you know we can strive to gain the whole world right we can strive to gain the whole world and we lose our soul Mm. or we can as covenantal children of god receive the world as a gift inherited from him and he's already promised the meek those who humbly obey him, walking in his statutes, hmm. shall inherit the earth. Hmm. Not immediately, but covenantally, predictably, and historically. So, here's the bad news, though. Okay. Do we have time? Do we need to interact with some folks before we lay we, out some bad news for everyone? We got some everyone? questions. Um, Good. So, Casey Lynn 
Yeah. <laughs> she's she's in the feed today. She's feeling all encouraged. Good, um, good. She's got a question. She says, Psalm 127, 4 through 5, probably has something to do with what we're talking about today. She says, can you explain a bit about what arrows in the hands of a warrior... Hmm. Wait, wait, wait. Arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth is trying to express. Well, I think mainly it's trying to express that children are a blessing from the Lord. Mm -hmm. And that once honed and sharpened, they become great tools and instruments for dominion. But we might have to share that for another lesson. (laughs) Save that for another lesson. That's right. Well, you know, the the obvious lesson is don't hand your, your raw talent your unhoned, unsharpened, unfashioned arrows to the world, to the world, mm-hmm. because arrows get shot. Mm. They will be shot back at you. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. The church has to fashion them themselves. They are a blessing from the Lord. Yep. Amen. Yes, indeed. Amen. Good. You ready for some bad news? No, but I guess we're just going to do it anyway. Got to have the bad to have the good. Oh, fair. All right, let's right? go. Bring it on. <laughs> bad news. Uh, if there was no bad news, Christ wouldn't have had to come on down here Ooh. and accomplish victory for us. He said it. But here's the bad news. Okay, here we go. God's covenantal blessings are promised to those who lovingly obey his covenantal statutes. But natural man cannot. It is beyond the ability of natural man mm. to please the Lord. Or even to want to please him. Hmm. Natural man is at enmity with God. The flesh is weak. Cannot obey God. Hmm. Cannot adhere to his laws. Hmm. Doesn't have the ability or the want to or the will to be faithful to the covenant. Hmm. That's why we see that the natural man is by nature and throughout his life a covenant breaker. Hmm. But here's the good news. If you're going to have the bad, you've got to have the good. Okay. Hit me with some good news. I'm that, depressed. That here's the good news. Okay. That there's a new covenant. Ooh. Now, it's not new in that it, you scrap the, the old covenant, and now we have a, you know, a blank slate. Just, and we didn't just press reset. rip our Bibles in half and throw the old covenant away. Okay. It's the ultimate fulfillment of. Mm-hmm. It's the blossoming of the covenant. Okay. And, so, and this is the promise of the new covenant, that we would be given the Spirit of God and that the laws of God would be written on our hearts mm. and that we would be empowered by that spirit to walk in his statutes and keep his commandments. Mm. He would take out the heart of stone and give us a heart of flesh in order that we might live lives pleasing to him. Mm. John says it clear. He says, if you say you know the Lord and do not keep his commandments, you, you are, are a liar. liar. That's right. Ooh. Christians, genuine Christians, have the power of the Spirit, the power of the gospel, the power of the resurrection. Mm -hmm. Those are different words for the same thing. The Spirit of God living in them, Mm -hmm. enabling in them, and empowering them to do what? To to faithfully, lovingly obey the covenant. Now, but Pastor Brandon. But but, but here's the thing. Then what does God do on the back end? Mm. Blesses you. The gospel frees us to be blessed and to be prospered mm. infinitely, eternally, so much so that the children of God inherit the earth, so much so that the children of God inherit eternal life, absolute, infinite abundance and blessings given to us on account of Jesus Christ and his spirit enabling us to walk in his statutes and keep his commandments. Mm. 
Success is promised to faithful covenantal sons. It is a gift. It is not a product of cause and effect. Long-term success cannot be strived after or squeezed out of the world by our sweat and our resilience alone. At the end of the day, it's a gift to the children of God. We cannot forget this. Mm. If we do all of the above, we build a house on the sand. We have to build everything that we build as it pertains to successful children on this covenantal bedrock. Okay. This is essential. Okay. Devil's advocate just knocked on the door. Okay. Are you ready? <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe I am. I don't know. Okay, here we go. So, Pastor Brandon, what, are you trying to say that I'm supposed to be perfect all the time? No, that's the beauty of the new covenant, that it is, a, it is symbolized in the cup of the covenant, a cup filled with wine, mm-hmm. symbolic of blood. So the covenant established in blood, the blood of Jesus Christ, so that within the new covenant, there are stipulations for when you miss the mark. Mm. You confess your sins, and he is faithful, and he is just to forgive, to forgive you, you of your sins, and to cleanse you, to continue to sanctify you forward. Mm. So there's provision, just as there was in the old, there's provision in the new for um, when you step off the path. But we also understand that someone who does not delight in the law of God, does not regard God or love God, mm-hmm. and lives a life of just absolute disobedience, mm-hmm. they, have very, they have little reason to, to expect the blessings of God in the short term and especially not in the long term. Mm. Any other questions? Any other pushback? I got a few more things. Got some qualifiers here and about to take this to the next level, too. We've got uh, Christian Lewis and Joe Garner discussing baptism in the feed right now. Wow. Way to go, guys. Way to hijack the feed. (laughs) (laughs) No one's listening anymore. They're just reading. They're having a good time. Um, Those are good good. friends of ours. It's good. Good to see you guys. Uh, Jonathan Dupuy's in. He's got a question. Um, he says, so we obey God and our kids will all, so, oh, I think this is to be read this way. So we obey God and our kids will all believe in Christ and go on to live healthy lives and families and marriages. Yep. That's right, Jonathan. Exactly. No, No, let me put it this way. Maybe we're jumping the gun on this, but if you continue to read that promise in Ephesians Mm -hmm. where Paul says, this is the commandment with a promise, Mm -hmm. long life and inheritance of the earth, essentially. Okay. So all the abundance of the earth and a long life to enjoy it. That's the promise. Mm-hmm. That promise comes to us as a sign in this life, not, ult- not automatically and not absolutely, but as a sign of his favor, and everyone gets that in the new earth for mm-hmm. sure. Okay? Mm-hmm. And, you know, now that only comes to those people who are Christians. Mm-hmm. But then Paul goes on to say, Therefore, fathers, do not provoke your children, but raise them up in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The means that parents use, utilize, to bring their children of faith on the human side of things is the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. Mm -hmm. What exactly are you instructing them in? The law of God. To obey. And the good news of the gospel that empowers them to keep the law. Mm-hmm. What are you disciplining them? Which is, means enforcing by uh, imparting the rod. Mm-hmm. You're disciplining them to enforce that said law. Mm-hmm. Paul's saying he blesses children that obey their parents. And then he says fathers, and by extension, the, the, um, the helper of the father, mm. the mother, therefore discipline and instruct them 
in the Bible, in the Word, mm-hmm. so that you can set them up for success. Mm-hmm. Now, if they're not regenerated by the Spirit of God, none of this is going <laughs> to play out well long term. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. what are the means that the Spirit of God uses to lead children to the Lord? It's the discipline and instruction of the parents. Hmm. So we do our part and we trust in faith that God will do his part. God will give the growth. Amen. He gave them to us for a reason. He put them in our house. Amen. They were born out of our, you know, not my womb, but your wife's womb. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He says, raise them up in the fear and the admonition of the Lord, or also translated the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Mm-hmm. I believe you do that and God will bless you. And you can see how dangerous the antinomian view is here. To disregard the law of God will then therefore exclude you from... The blessings. All these covenantal blessings. And, well, in fact, and it than enslaves likely, you to other laws because it's not like you li- get to live in some neutral land where there's no rules. Right? <laughs> yeah. You're just following the traditions of men which, ha- which have been preached to you and replaced the law of God. Ooh. That's right. Man, we got to have a show about that. Yeah, that'd we be gotta fun. we got to talk more about that later. Right. Now, you ready to get to the, to the nitty-gritty, to All the right, good stuff? Let's do it. This, this is what warms my heart. What does this look like long-term? Okay? Okay. Here's, I'm going to say it. All prosperity is covenantally given by God. It mm-hmm. is a gift. It is a blessing. All prosperity is inherited, in a sense, mm-hmm. from God okay. by the righteous. Okay? The wicked, and this continues through generations, mm-hmm. a thousand generations for the righteous, three to four generations for the wicked. It continues playing out itself in human history mm-hmm. as he shows in human history his loving kindness to the generations. Okay. Right? The wicked are disinherited. If what I'm saying is true, that the basis of blessing and cursing is covenantal, relational, and that he blesses those who faithfully obey and keep his commandment, including children who obey and mm-hmm. their children who obey and their children who obey, and he curses those who do not this has a this has a way of manifesting itself over time. Mm-hmm. There's a an algorithm, if you will, over time, <laughs> right? And okay. Now, now listen. This is clear. Proverbs thirteen twenty two. A good man, a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, mm. an inheritance of prosperity that the Lord has given him, mm-hmm. and an inheritance of faithful obedience to God. Mm. The basis of that, okay. Mm-hmm. And an inheritance of the gospel of Jesus Christ, where his heart is filled with joy that God has enabled him to be in this, okay? Mm. To his children's children. All the way down. He, he, you, we it's a generational dads, thing. We've gotta, yeah, we've got to live in such a way that we're imparting things to our children that's going to go on into their children's lives, mm. right? You've got to look past the end of your nose, mm. right? You've got to have mm-hmm. a vision. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the, that's what the, the good man leaves. But listen to what Solomon says. But the sinner's wealth is laid up for the righteous. Hmm. Now, now recognize there is such a thing as sinner's wealth. Right. There is ill-gotten gain. We just had somebody ask the question, how do we explain the prosperity of the wicked? Well, That's right. I think we're starting to talk about it right Man, now. Man, look, when someone asks that question, they're thinking. Yeah. They're getting it. You, you have to reason with all, you have to reckon with all these things in Scripture. Mm-hmm. Real quick to that person, Psalm 73. That's what, they got to go to Psalm 73 if they're going to get a handle on this. Okay. But there is such a thing as sinner's wealth, wicked's wealth. Mm-hmm. There is ill-gotten gain. Mm-hmm. But is it a blessing? See, that's the thing. Is it a sign of ultimate blessing or is it a curse? Mm. See, see, you got to yeah, understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, see, prosperity is a blessing for the children of God. So is suffering. Okay. Prosperity is a curse for the wicked. Mm. So is suffering. 
I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> see? Absolutely. Okay. But let me put it another way. Job 27, verse 17. What the wicked lays up. Okay, so they've got stuff. They're storing it up. They got a treasure house. Right. Now, you got to see this historically, generationally. Mm-hmm. You might go through a Great Depression and not feel very wealthy. Mm-hmm. But That's what right. you store up, God is, cons- is preserving, and he's, he's laying it up for your children's children. He's passing it down. Even if it's not monetarily, mm-hmm. you know, it's going to be something else. His favor is going to be on your people. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. But that, the wicked lay up as well, mm-hmm. at least for a season. But then Job says, what the wicked lays up, the righteous will wear. And his silver will be divided by the innocent. Amen. So Job's looking at this unjust, powerful person mm-hmm. who has this hoard of wealth. And he's saying, you might have that now, but that is saved for the children of the righteous. Mm. You see, there is historically this wealth redistribution plan taking place. <laughs> Nice terminology. Yeah. (laughs) uh, Marxists have taken this from the Bible. Marxists have um, stolen this from Christianity Hmm. and reversed it and and distorted it. Okay. Okay. Right? The wicked have a wealth, but long term, there is a wealth redistribution plan. A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, but the sinner's wealth is laid up for the righteous. If what I'm saying is not true, explain that verse to me. Hmm. Don't get triggered. (laughs) <laughs> right? Don't what about this? What about that? Do the work, put the time in, and you tell me what that verse means. Mm. See what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And if this mm-hmm. is the process of history, he's not talking about after Jesus comes back. Mm-hmm. That's the culmination of all things. No one denies that. Right. That's the ultimate of all things. The question is, what about between now and then? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. These passages refer to in history demonstrated, shown covenantal love to the people of God to a thousand generations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, Amen. in human history, there's a great wealth redistribution taking place as the earth and its fullness is transferred to covenant keepers. And the question everybody has to ask is, are your children one of them? Are your children in the number of Are your keepers? children covenant mm. keepers? Are you engaged in your part, raising them up in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord? Mm. How insanely foolish it is for parents to send their kids to, quote, accredited schools that have no fear of the Lord, mm. have no acknowledgement of his covenant or of his blessings. Mm. They... They're not thinking far enough into the future. Hmm. They're obsessed about the world's um, vision of how prosperity comes. They're obsessed about the world's accreditations and certifications. Mm-hmm. No, no. I, I, I'd rather have a child who's learned the discipline and the instruction of the Lord than anything else. That is fundamental. If they don't have that, no matter how rich they get in this life, they lose their soul. Hmm. And you lose your heritage as your family enters into this covenant breaker status. Hmm. Quick qualifier, because someone asked this earlier. Hmm. We can say this. If you are faithful and keep his commandments, he will bless you. You can't do this, though. You are blessed, apparently. Therefore, you must be obedient. Right. You can't. You can't. That's called. Um, let me see. Affirming the consequent in logic. It's a logical fallacy. Okay. You can't. Tw- you can't. That's you what can't the Pharisees. That's what the Pharisees were doing. 
So oh, you, you're cursed, so you must have done something wrong. You have leprosy, so either you or your or your family did something evil. Okay. You can't do it that. You can't go backwards. Okay. Okay, okay. <laughs> right. You have to understand that these promises of prosperity, they're not absolute. Mm-hmm. They're signs of favor. Okay. And not everyone receives the same level of signs. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you receive suffering as a sign of his favor. Children are, are supposed to rejoice in the suffering. It means they have a dad that mm-hmm. loves them, okay? So there's all sorts of signs. So, for example, a child who dies, an obedient child who dies early in life, mm-hmm. though they didn't receive the sign of God's favor in this life, mm-hmm. they receive eternal life. The promises are still true, mm. Okay. Amen. You know, even one who is faithful to God and doesn't receive the sign of his favor in money specifically mm-hmm. receives the earth, right? Right. Lives in the new heavens and earth for all eternity. They, the promise is still true. Amen. You know, Psalm 73, that's the whole contention. He said, I got these covenantal promises, mm-hmm. and yet I look down the street, and Mr. Wicked over there, he's living it up. And, and then, then the psalmist considers God and goes into his sanctuary and he begins to discern the end from the beginning and he begins to meditate upon their, in, their end, mm-hmm. he says. Mm-hmm. The trajectory. You see, they might have prosperity, but there's a trajectory to it. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. 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 It's a curse of prosperity. He's, the psalmist even says that God has them on a slippery slope. Mm. That the prosperity is for them a curse. He even says that their prosperity is a dream that lulls them to destruction. You see, it's for those who are wicked, prosperity blinds them, fills them with arrogance. They begin to trust in riches Hmm. and it curses them. Hmm. But for a true faithful son of God, we can hold fast to these promises. They're not given in vain. Hmm. And we can receive whatever he has for us, lot or little. Mm. Learning to be content with whatever it is, mm. knowing it's all a sign of his favor. Amen. Amen? Amen. So, what's the number one factor? I see you reading the comments there. I'm, I'm into them. Yeah. We got, we got some great engagement. They, they are literally taking your attention to the <laughs> you're engaged in this debate online I'm, I'm excited no what no, is no. the number one factor we'll just we'll just summarize it this then we'll go to some questions all right here we in go. your child's success faithful obedience to god's covenant so Say parents it. do what paul says to do raise them up in the discipline and instruction of the lord Ooh. amen 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 that's what you can do to prosper your children so we we had a great question this is like a kind of a a segue off of something that you were talking about just a few minutes ago. Uh, Monica Gross, faithful watcher. Thanks, Monica. Shout out. Um, should we question the salvation of other Christians, of other believers, if they call themselves Christians, but maybe don't or have very little desire to do these things, to obey? I mean, that I would say is really sort of a theoretical thing. Um, if they're in your church, mm-hmm. then that's for the elders to right. decide. And it seems like the, the, the word desire there gets a little bit dangerous because we don't know what's going on in a person's heart. We can't really measure their desires necessarily. And, and nor are we told to. Right. Um, but we are not individually walking around as the arbiters of who's saved and who's not. Right. If they're right. in a church, they're under submission, mm-hmm. they're obeying, repenting when necessary, mm-hmm. and, and they're under the authority of the elders— 
there's no reason to doubt their uh, profession. If Absolutely. they're living in open, unrepentant sin, um, then the elders good. should excommunicate them. Mm-hmm. And because they're not in the church, they are excommunicated, we would consider them not Christians. Mm-hmm. Um, they would be treated, as Paul says, like non-Christians. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Brooks... Lee Lacombe, um, Brooks is uh, part of our Opelousas campus. She asks, what does discipline look like for special needs children, in particular um, autism kids? Uh, so, Brooks, what I would say in that particular instance is every case, every child, especially whenever we're talking in, on the spectrum of autism, is different. Um, and that's kind of the thing that you got to settle with uh, pastoral counseling um, and uh, a few other wise folks. From yeah, the and over on uh, Dad's, um, the dad, How to Dad podcast, they, mm-hmm. they've done a few um, series on uh, Discipline. spanking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How, on spanking. How to work that out. Just, I, I would say one thing. Let's uh, be careful not to be wiser than God. Mm. Um, Amen. God is very wise, and he has ordained the method of enforcing his covenantal laws. So, Amen. Yeah. Amen. Well, that's all the questions we got, bro. Great show. I felt like this was super helpful. You think they learned some new things? I learned some new things, so hopefully everybody out there did too. Guys, I hope that you were encouraged by this. If you've got any other questions, you can feel free to drop them into the comments as we're beginning to wrap this show up. Um, We'll probably come back later, look through those, or you can email them to me, Stuart, S-T-U-A-R-T, at wearechristchurch.com. Don't forget we got God and Government coming up tomorrow, Wednesdays at 11 o'clock. How to Dad every Friday at 10, I think it is, Mm, somewhere. The schedule is online. That's right. Mm -hmm. You can jump onto our Christchurch media page. You can also go to wearechristchurch.com slash media and check out bookoos of resources that we have. We've got books to download, videos to watch, sermon resources, Sunday school class resources. Yes, sir. We've got so much stuff. There is no reason... There is no reason for anybody who is remotely connected to Christ Church to not be resourced with all kinds of materials right now to help you I, I hope grow folks and um, are delighting in the Word. Absolutely. And I hope they um, are considering the instruction that their pastors are giving them. Amen. Um, we're going places. Amen. We're, we're, we're building stuff here. It's cool, um, man. We're teaching people, and I, and I hope that we can bring along as many people as possible. Absolutely. And, um, and don't forget to share. That's right. Share. Don't be ashamed of your pastors. That's right. (laughs) Share this vision for parenting and for the household. Go for it. Absolutely. Guys, thank you again so much for watching. Uh, We hope to see you guys in future shows. Thanks so much for being so engaged in the comments this time around. And we will see you guys next Next time. time.